The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss the overlap between sales and technology. Joining us is Chad Burmeister, who's the CEO of ScaleX, which is an agency that helps sales professionals increase revenue by focusing on the only two things that matter in sales, increasing frequency and competency. Chad is also the author of multiple books, the original 25 Sales Hacks and AI for Sales, and he is the host of the newly launched AI for Sales podcast. And today, Chad and I are going to talk about the original 25 sales hacks. Okay, here is the first part of my conversation with Chad Burmeister, CEO of ScaleX. Chad, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. It's great to be here, Ben. Thanks for having me. Excited to talk to a fellow podcaster and a sales expert. My career started off working in sales, and the first job I had was like borderline multi-level marketing but ended up being one of the more valuable experiences I had in my career because it gave me some structure. And without remembering the exact details, it was the eights, fives, and fours of sales where they were like eight things that you need to do to have a good day at sales, five rules to follow, and like four impulse factors. I don't remember exactly what they were, but it sort of taught me how to go about sales, that it was a numbers game how to think about being effective and getting your message across. When you applied to be a guest on the MarTech podcast, it caught my eye that there are actually 25 sales hacks. So you must know something that I didn't, because even if I add the fours, fives, and eights up, I'm not getting to 25. So Chad, I've talked a lot at the beginning of this podcast. First off, tell us a little bit about you and how did you get to 25 hacks for sales? It's funny because I remember when I was with WebEx back in 2005 to 2007, where a lot of really good leaders graduated from. If you look at Zoom Video and RingCentral and Acton Software, and so many companies came from our ability to sell virtually and remotely. So WebEx was a great place. And I remember Dave Berman, who was the, I think, VP of sales at the time turned president, said, focus on the vital few, ignore the trivial many. And I actually flipped it on its head and said, focus on the vital mini (laughs) because (laughs) there's a lot of really important shit you need to do to sell stuff. There's a lot of important shit you need to do in sales and marketing. So my background, when I heard you do the introduction here, 
my undergrad was in BS in business with uh, emphasis in marketing. So I always thought I wanted to be a creative marketer until I started looking out into the marketplace and understanding what the paycheck would look like for the first several years. And that's how I landed in the sales aspect. But I've always had a passion for marketing. And I think in today's world, those two lines are converging in a way like never before. So it's exciting time. It's really interesting to see how, first off, at the high level, we're seeing the CMO role is kind of being abandoned by a lot of organizations in exchange for a CRO, chief revenue officer, who basically is the de facto head of sales and marketing because those KPIs are sort of getting blended together. Marketers are looking at sales conversions for their performance and the salespeople are starting to think about optimization and outreach and we're kind of all doing the same thing now. We mentioned that you know the tips for these episodes are 25 different hacks to be effective at sales. Talk to me about what are the things that marketers need to know about sales to be effective if that's going to become part of their job. Well, in today's world, you can do so much more with less. And in this marketplace around the pandemic, that's what's being called for. So if you think of 2007, 2008 market crash, do more with less was the common theme that came from that. And I think we're living in the same kind of an environment. So if you're a marketer and you hire a traditional SDR slash BDR, I always think of a sales development rep as inbound lead follow-up. I think a business development rep as outbound. So when I got to RingCentral three, four years ago, I took over a team of 20 sales development reps. And they were traditional. They would get a lead, they'd email it one or two times, and then it would sit in dormant lead status, non-converted for months on end. And it was a major pain because the VP of demand gen and the CMO came to me as the head of SDRs, global SDRs, and said, how can we fix this, right? How do we make sure that the MQLs get converted faster? So I took a team of 28 down to eight. I redeployed the other 20 to outbound and we made the eight feel like they were 50. And the way we do that is we automated the email outreach program so that the rep didn't have to have an excuse of, well, I need to go write emails all day. There's AI and automation that can do that. We brought in technology that helped us have way more conversations and increase the number of dials per lead dramatically. So imagine a calling a lead once or twice. That's because they only have a certain number of hours in a day. Well, now imagine if you use technology called agent-assisted dialing, now you could call lead 10 or 12 times. By deploying agent-assisted dialing, we moved from an 8% conversion to an 18% conversion in the first 90 days that I got there. I'm sure the people appreciated the 12 dials. <laughs> well, the trick is that we're not calling them all in one day. <laughs> and second, they're called in from randomized caller IDs and they're spaced out over a period of a week to two weeks. So day one, three dials, day two, two dials, day three, four, five, six, and so on. Now you get into one dial a day. The touch point of conversations across the leads went up by a factor of five or 10x. And just by having more conversations with more of your leads, you're going to get a much higher conversion rate. Yeah. So you built out your, I guess it would be sales tech, not MarTech stack because you were in a sales role to help make it easier to increase your impression volumes, right? You're sending out more emails to the inbound requests, and then you're also just basically taking the process away from your team for having to dial for dollars. All they're doing is basically fielding the people that pick up the phone. 
Right. So one person on the team, Josh, was a captain of the football team for Boston College. I think you said you were from Massachusetts. No, I went to Boston University. They're our rival, but we don't have a football team. So it's cool. (laughs) So Josh comes in and the way that it works is you would check out the leads from a lead library. So the company would generate thousands and thousands of leads. So he'd come in at 630 in the morning and call the East Coast leads from Mountain Standard Time. And he would get to a thousand dials before noon. And reps on the team were like, what's going on? Why is Josh killing it so much? Well, Josh is a competitor. He was the captain of the Boston College football team. So his differentiator was getting in a little early and then dialing a lot longer. So he'd be at a thousand to 1500 dials in a day. Someone else might be at 250 or 300. What we learned from that two and a half, three years of experience of trying all different tactics, it's better to have one Josh on the phone than to try to force fit nine other people who don't actually do good on the phone. Mm -hmm. I'd rather use technology to let the best person talk more than to try to force other people who aren't skilled in that area. So talk to me about some other sales hacks that you think would be useful for marketers. I understand that you take one person's inherent talent and you're trying to use technology to scale it. What are some other tricks of the trade? Yeah, let's pivot to the opposite side of the spectrum. We started with high velocity. Let's go to account-based for a moment. So traditionally, here's my list of 500 people, email, call, paid ads, social outreach. Let's try to hammer them directly. And imagine if you ask me right now, Chad, can you go get a meeting with the CMO of Microsoft? That might be tough. Mm -hmm. What we've been able to do with technology and artificial intelligence is say, instead of giving me that list of 500 people and me going direct, Let me look at all of the LinkedIn connections. So I have 18,500 at this point, which means I have another 1.8 to 2 million second connections. So maybe you and I aren't connected yet, but we're probably connected through one of the 18,000. You're probably a second connection and not a third. There's got to be somebody else that has a podcast in between us. Exactly. Small world. So imagine you getting an email from me, whether you're a first or a second, And let's say you're connected directly to the CMO of Microsoft. If the AI can tell me who has the social proximity to the CMO of Microsoft and tell me beyond a reasonable doubt, you should go to Benjamin Shapiro first and then go to Todd second. Then when I email you and say, hey, Ben, I'm hoping you can help me out. We've seen that in this market, all strategies have completely shifted. According to a recent event by Topo, instead of a five-year time horizon, now companies are being asked to do a 60 to 90-day rolling plan. What ScaleX helps you do is get into some of your top-tier prospects. And I'm hoping, Ben, that you could help me because I see you're connected to the CMO of Microsoft. So you lead with a little bit of relevancy. You ask for a favor And we're seeing through the use of AI that we can get 30 to 50 intros into that list of 500 accounts every single month on behalf of a seller or a marketer. They don't all accept the meeting. (laughs) I wish they did. But we literally, I bring up the CMO of Microsoft because one of our customers called MarketSource, which is a sales outsourcer, literally got a meeting with the CMO of Microsoft by using this approach. Yeah, it's interesting. So you're using artificial intelligence to use your first and second connections to try to schedule meetings with your high priority clients. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, 
The advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. How is that different than just going onto LinkedIn and looking who is connected to the people you know? Like, why is there an artificial intelligence layer there? I think with the first degree connections, you could probably do that. I could go in and with my 18,000 connections, I could probably physically go do that. Or I could hire someone in the Philippines or someone locally or whatever, entry-level college graduate. When you get into 1.8 million to 2 million, and now you have to go look at all those different profiles to figure out who's connected to your prospects, that becomes just a much, much larger math problem that's virtually impossible. So at RingCentral, when we stood up the BDR group, I found that some of the most successful business development representatives would do this in a non-scalable way. They'd go look at their first, they'd look at their seconds, and that's all they would do every day. And I said, you know what? That's cool. Great process. But I think we could add technology as a wrapper around it and automate the entire thing. So I think it's the scaling component where you can now reach out to 50 people in a day that you're asking for connections rather than reaching out to five people in a day. What's interesting to me that highlights the overlap between sales and marketing, I think in general, mostly for B2B, we're doing a bunch more outbound emails. And to me, that makes email deliverability a real challenge. We had an account flagged as spam for our outreach, and we're reaching 250 people a week max. It's probably closer to 250 a month. And yet still Google is saying, hey, this account looks like it's doing some not so nice things. In reality, we're just cold calling 250 people. How do you start thinking about email deliverability when you're working at scale? Well, it's by far the worst performing channel that we've seen in the market today. And think about this. Let's just use RingCentral again. They've been around 10, 12, 14 years, which means that almost every executive of any meaningful stature in a company has gotten an email from them. So imagine you're a CIO of a Fortune 2000, you're going to click opt out at some point. So if you go into a database that's an ABM approach database, I have 100,000 in my Salesforce right now. Imagine if I was around for 14 years and I said, show me all the records who have opt out of email. I'll bet it's going to be half or more than half. So deliverability aside, 
just think of the total addressable market in your TAM based on an email only strategy. Whereas if you move the same exact messages over to LinkedIn and you put a sequence in place, connection requests, LinkedIn in mails, and sequence step one, two, three, for example, they've not opted out of social from your communications. So that's where I found one person at Ring Central who was by far outperforming the rest of the team. I'm like, what are you doing that's different? She's like, well, all these other 19 BDRs are doing the same thing. They're trying to email blast their way through when, in fact, if you would put a social first strategy in place, my universe just doubled or tripled from what it would have been if I would have been using email. Yeah, so you can get around some of the previous opt-outs by using a different channel that's obviously not delivering the message through email. There's one more piece that I would add to it. If you just send an email that's long and has links, you know, I've lived on both sides. Like I said, my undergrad was in marketing. My school of life for 25 years has been in sales. So I've partnered with some really fabulous marketers. Eric Lewis, head of demand gen at RingCentral, fabulous marketer. And what I've learned is that when you're doing a sales-related email, less is more. And if you even make a typo or two, if you're sending the word I'm, you don't put I with the big I apostrophe M, you put I'm with a lowercase I and a lowercase M. It needs to look more shorthand as if a salesperson wrote it. The second thing you can do, we've all heard of Vidyard and Loom. Well, with Vidyard, typically, if you were going to have a BDR do an outreach through Vidyard, that's going to take a lot of manpower because they're going to have to spend three to five minutes to go in, research the company site, share the page. Hey, Ben, I see your profile. Looks like you've been doing this podcast. That's fabulous. You've got a really good background. By the way, the reason I'm reaching out is because what if I could help you get on 50 new podcasts a month or whatever that value proposition message was. And by the way, you want the best person for the job. Again, just like calling, you don't want to say, hey, let me give this skill set out to 10 people. You might have eight who don't look good on camera. They say too many ums and ahs. They can't get a message out properly. I'd rather have one person do 98% of the message. And just like in an email mail merge, mail merge in the other 2%. So we're doing some of that for some B2C clients as well as some B2Bs. And you wouldn't believe when you embed a link to a video inside of the email, the open rates go up, the reply rates go up. 0.5 to 1% is pretty standard for an outbound email right now. I've seen 8%, 12%, 18% as if the more personal you are to the role and when you put the video embed that has a picture of their website or their LinkedIn and the BDR's image in the bottom, massive lift in reply rates and open rates. That's fascinating. All right, last question for you. This is the original 25 sales hacks episode. We've been talking a lot about the technology tools. Talk straight sales to me. I had my fours, fives, and eights. Just give us marketers some of the basic sales techniques that you advise your team to follow. So I just randomly went to page 24, sales hack 12, the boomerang. How many sales calls do you get as a salesperson, a leader, a marketer, et cetera? The boomerang says, oh, this is great. Yeah, I'm interested in your product. Can you get to me a meeting with your president? I've closed more transactions by having a salesperson call me and then using that to get in to the top president and CEO. Recycling qualified no's. So they told you no at one point. Not no, but not now is a great answer. Not no, but not now. Yeah. So think about pre-pandemic, if you're with Zoom and RingCentral, and then three months later, we literally did a 100,000 dial campaign on their behalf 
because they had to redeploy all of their inbound lead qualifiers over to quota carrying sales roles. So they said, whoa, we've got all these unqualified no's, but we're having inbounds go through the roof. Five to 10x increase in demand. I can't leave those inbound leads to chance. I need to get on them and I need to close them. But I also want to make sure that I go back to people who showed interest a year ago or six months ago. So recycle unqualified no's. There's so much gold sitting there, whether it's an unconverted MQL, whether it's a downgraded opportunity. Oh man, I tell you. Dude, if you're not doing that in Q4, <laughs> start tomorrow. So Chad, one thing that we've danced around a little bit is that the 25 sales hacks that you're reading from, we're talking about technology and all these things. You actually wrote the book on this. So tell me a little bit about the book and why people that are marketers should be interested in it. Well, it's funny. The first sales hack book was a compilation of 30 or more sales hacks from some of the best sales speakers, trainers, authors in the world. And I went to them and I said, you know, I've been thinking about writing a book for 12, 14 years, and I've just never done it. Could you send me your number one sales hack that you figured out over your entire sales career? So the prequel to that book is Sales Hack, the original 25 sales hacks, where the first book that I wrote was called Sales Hack, a compilation hacked together by Chad Burmeister and Chris Beal. So both books are very interesting and deep. Well, you've been hacking sales together for a long time, and I'm excited to talk to you tomorrow about not necessarily the original sales hacks, but what's really innovative and changing in sales today. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Chad Burmeister, CEO of ScaleX. In part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Chad and I are going to discuss how artificial intelligence is changing sales. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Chad, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is saleshack, S-A-L-E-S-H-A-C-K. Or you could visit his company's website, which is scalexaiscalex.ai. Just one more link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.